Good morning. Um, Trina will pay for her sins. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good and all the time. Um, at some point, I thought she was going to say if you... But let, let, me, let me leave that alone. If <laughs> I get me into trouble with treasure. So... <laughs> You're very, very welcome. Let us pray together. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for this opportunity for us to be able to come and sit at your feet. And Lord, I ask that you will have your way in us, that everything that you will think about will be that that brings glory to your name. And as we begin a series helping us understand what spiritual gifts are and what the use is, Lord, I pray that you give us your blessing. And that, Lord, you will teach us, that we will learn from you. Be glorified, be exalted. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. I want to start by welcoming those of us that were at school back home. You're very, very welcome. Please clap for them. And I have a confession to make. We really, really missed you. Um, we were only a handful when you were absent. So we are glad that you're back. I also want to tell us that 10 years ago, um, we started Teens Ministry, amen? And we make 10 years this year. We are grateful to God for the ministry that he started among us and for the lives that he has impacted and those he continues to impact. And so coming Saturday 13th, we are going to have a celebration to that regard thanking God for the 10 years, and um, eating together, laughing together. So please come, plan to come and be part of us as we celebrate what God has done among us these past 10 years. Now this month, we are going to embark on a series that is going to help us understand something about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, what they are, and... God is going to help each one of us discover what particular gift it is that you have and how you can be able to use it to benefit the kingdom of God. I want to thank my brother for reading for us the passage. And so I want to invite us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We will have our reflection um, on the first 11 verses. But just to give a background introduction... The book of 1 Corinthians is written by Paul the Apostle, and this we actually see in chapter 1 as he begins to write. He says in chapter 1, verse 1, Paul called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. Um, I will not read the name of that brother with whom he greets us. It's a difficult name, but Paul writes, now, Paul is writing to a group of believers at a place called Corinth. Now, just like we are saints here, saints that gather at All Saints Cathedral, there were saints that gathered at Corinth. Now, as they began to study God's word, they discovered their giftings, and some people thought because they had different gifts, they were more special or they were more saved or more anointed than others. But also at this church in Corinth, 
because it was located in a major city, there was a lot of worldliness coming out of the city into the church. And so there was a lot of trouble. We have women in this church that would uh, do ministry and some would do take it overboard. And so Paul writes, rebuking them in love about how they ought to carry themselves. In this particular church at Corinth, we had a number of divisions. There were people that said, I belong to Paul. Others said, I follow Apollos. Um, kind of to say, okay, I am the Trina party. There is a Jude party. There is John. So we had believers picking on a personality among them and saying they are for them. They also had problems with food. And I want to confess I love food. I know many of you do as well. So they loved food. They, they loved food, especially meat. And there was trouble for the young believers, those that has, had just come to Jesus, because they would see those that had been in faith for some time eating food, buying meat from places of people who they know are not saved. Kind of to relate it to us, if, if a Muslim in your village slaughtered that, is it hen or chicken? I don't know at what point it becomes chicken. It becomes chicken in the saucepan. Okay. Oh, so before you cut this hen, if it is a Muslim that slaughters it, would you eat it or not? Okay, if a Muslim killed this hen and they gave you to eat. So there was trouble about foods sacrifice to idols and believers that had been a bit mature were saying, you know what, I, I, have, I have the power by the grace of God to pray for this meat and call out every dirt from it and so I can sit in the power of the Holy Ghost and feast on it, believing it is clean, hallelujah. Because the Bible says it is not what goes inside that pollutes man. Have you read that passage in your Bible? But the young believers were, were bothered. So Paul writes to them about that. They had many issues. So Paul, in response to these issues, writes them a letter. And this is the first letter, First Corinthians. It is given birth to because they had problems. Paul hears about them. And so he says, okay, let me sit down and write them some guidance on how to go about these issues. Now, it is as if, as if after the first letter, more issues came out, and so he sits and writes the second letter. Now, today we find ourselves in chapter 12. Paul is trying to address another issue. They had gifts, and they were not using them the right way. So, in our passage this morning, Paul begins in verse 1 by saying, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. They had the gifting, but they were very ignorant on how to use the gifts, on how to, to tolerate one another with similar or different giftings. And so Paul writes to them in chapter 12 to help them understand. 
Now this first word now concerning is an indicator to us that prior in chapter 11, Paul has been addressing another issue. He has settled it. Now he shifts gear from the issue up and he turns his attention to the issue of spiritual gifts. Now, one would think it is a small issue for Paul to write a few verses and finish. I discovered as I read through my Bible that the issue is actually not settled at the end of chapter 12. Paul dedicates two more chapters in 1 Corinthians to help these people understand. That shows us it was that heavy. So chapters 12, 13, and 14 are dedicated to this aspect of understanding spiritual gifts and how to use them. In between there in 13, 1 Corinthians, he tells them, you know what, you might have these gifts, but if you do not exercise them guided by love, you lose the point. And so in between 12 and 14, he kind of sandwiches love to help them understand you might be gifted, but if you do not have love with regard to how you exercise your gifting, you lose it. So I want to invite you to journey with me through 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, um, in verse 2, he says to them, you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says, Jesus is a cast, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. He begins plainly and very clearly. In these verses, Paul reminds them of where they are coming from. Previously, before coming to the knowledge of Jesus, they were pagans. So he knows in them there is this gullibility of wanting to do things the way they used to do them before they were saved. He asks them to remember the time when they were pagans. And he knows that the time they were pagans, they had a tendency of being led astray because they had no guiding principle. They didn't have the word of God in them to guide them. Now he tells them, this tendency is still there among you. Some of you are showing it evidently in the area of spiritual gifts and you have refused to grow up. Friends, we don't know exactly what the concern about spiritual gifts was, but reading through verses 2 to 3, we get an indication that there was confusion. That is why Paul reminds them of their pagan lifestyle before they came to the knowledge of Jesus. Can I paint for us a little bit of how service was then at Corinth? Imagine we are seated at our church in Corinth, and we are having a leader of service. Someone is standing before us. Now, in one corner, a woman would begin a hymn or a chorus. 
before that hymn comes to an end, someone in the middle would arise and they would begin to speak in tongues. Remember, there is someone up front trying to teach the word of God. And then someone in another corner would stand. So in the church at Corinth, everyone decided to exercise their gift anytime they felt like and there was no order. So imagine I am standing here trying to help us understand the word and there is a hymn in one corner. There is someone in here speaking in tongues. There is another there giving a word of wisdom. The Lord has told me there is a man among us who is doing ABC. Imagine the confusion that there was. So Paul is helping us understand that in the pagan world before we came to Jesus, we lived as those that are confused. But he says, wait a minute, you are saved now and God is a God of order. And this is very true with regard to our exercising of our spiritual gifts. And as I go into the remaining portion, Paul still reminds us in Romans that these gifts are very important. They have a place in the church. It is us that misuse them. However, misuse does not mean that these gifts are bad. We read in Romans 1.11 where Paul writes and says, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gifts to strengthen you. This means that spiritual gifts help to strengthen us in our faith. He also writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.14. He says, do not neglect the spiritual gift within you which was bestowed on you through the prophetic utterance with the laying on of hands. So God wants us to discover these gifts and ask him to fan them into flame guided by him. Now, in verses 4 to 6, and I want to read them again. He says, now they are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Notice his emphasis. There is an emphasis on variety. And this does not, this means if you have one such a gift, you do not stand to say, this is the only gift there is. God gives varieties of giftings to his people. Paul knows there is a temptation for people to think, because I am gifted like this, things have to be done like this, and this is the only way there is. And so Paul, first of all, before helping them understand what these gifts are, he is telling them, understand, number one, the gifts are many. So do not say, I, I want to have the gift the other person has. Each one of us has been gifted differently. They are varieties of gifts. And so he mentions clearly that in as much as they are varieties, these varieties are from the same spirit. Praise the Lord. And this should mean that none is more important than the other. All of them are important. All of them are good because they come to us from the same Lord. 
Also notice that not only are there varieties of gifts, but there are also varieties of services. Now this means that there are different ways in which these gifts function. Talking about services, talking about functioning of these gifts, but he also talks about varieties of activities. Now the NIV I discovered calls it or renders it as workings and another version renders it as effects. Meaning, if I have a gift of teaching, I will come and teach and after I have taught, this teaching will yield an effect in someone. And the effect might actually be different in the persons that have listened to my teaching. That is what Paul is trying to help us understand. In this city of Kampala, many of us struggle because we look at people's giftings, especially our brothers that are not in the Anglican faith, and we are thinking, this man of God is very powerful because he has thousands coming to sit to listen in. And we tend to judge whether someone is successful or not based on their giftings. And there are some giftings that are silent. And because they are silent, we think this person with a silent gift is not that anointed because his gifting is not one of a public display. So Paul highlights to us that these gifts are all important because they come from the same source, the same spirit. And if you choose to exercise your gifting, it is going to create an impact or effect in the life of someone, and these effects are going to be different. The way I teach might yield a different impact in someone from the way it has in you, and so do not think that because the result is different, my anointing is also wanting. But as we continue to read in verse 7, Paul, after telling us that there are different giftings, each of them uh, coming from the same source, he gives us the purpose of these gifts. And he says in verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. He highlights the purpose of the gifts. He says, friends, the giftings are given to you for the good of the church, not for your own selfish interest. It is not for the profit of yourself alone. It is for the profit of the entire church. But you look through the city of Kampala and also especially our own lives, those of us that have giftings, and we kind of think that these giftings are for our own self-display. You want to go into a place, probably you have a gift of praying for people and they are healed, and you're thinking, um, the anointed woman of God has come, so put a red carpet for her self-display. It is kind of a ticket that is making you famous. The intent of the giving of gifts, according to Paul, is not so that you will be displayed. It is not for self-gratification. You do not have these giftings from God to make you look good. The aim of having this gift is that the body of Christ will benefit from the gift that you have. 
Now, some of us have the giftings, and we tend to say it is mine and mine alone, and so I will use it as and when I want to. May God help us. So having laid this foundation in verses 1 to 7, he now transitions in verses 8 to 11 to give us a sneak peek into some of these giftings. And he begins by mentioning the first gift in verse 8. He says, for to one is given through the spirit the utterance of wisdom. So the first gifting there is is the utterance of wisdom, and some versions call it word of wisdom. Now, this is giving a word to someone or to a group of people that encompasses wisdom, and they would not have had this wisdom naturally. It is a divinely led understanding. And, his, and we have an example here. Can I ask us to go to 2 Kings? We can note it a bit somewhere. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 9 to 10, we read about this man, Naaman, who had leprosy. I do not know if you know the story, but I will go there shortly. 2 Kings chapter 5, uh, verses 9 to 10, and I want to read it as is in my version. Verses 9 to 10 of chapter 5. This is what it says. Um, Second Kings, sorry, I had opened First Kings. Second Kings. Second Kings 5, 9 to 10. This is what it says. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored and you shall be clean. Now the class or category of this man Naaman was somewhere up here. And so as Elisha, the prophet of God, gives him this word. He is thinking to himself, how can you tell me to go and wash? In fact, from the narrative, he's very annoyed. But one of his servants tells him, you know what? This is a word of wisdom from God. Let us go and try it. So as he goes, we read that eventually God gives him healing. And it must have been God that told prophet Elisha that this is how I want this man to be healed. Naaman probably could have tried other forms of medication and it was not working. That it had to take a prophet of God to give a word of wisdom, an utterance of wisdom from God so that this man can receive his healing. So there is... There are people among us that God has gifted like this. They are able to hear from God himself and they will speak it out and God will eventually do what he has said he will do. Now the other gifting that is mentioned of here is the utterance of knowledge or the word of knowledge. Now this is not commonly learned knowledge in class. It is knowledge that is revealed by God. The Holy Spirit gives this knowledge into the heart of an individual 
and they did not have this prayer. And as the Holy Spirit gives them this knowledge, if someone obediently acts upon that knowledge, they will receive what God wants them to receive. I also have an example for us in Acts chapter 2, verses 22 to 23. Can I ask us to go there a little bit? It's a bit behind from where you are. Acts chapter 8, verses 22 to 23. Acts 8, 22 to 23. And this is what it says. Repent therefore of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven. For I see that you are in the girl of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. What is happening here is there is a man who wanted to give money to buy gifts of the Holy Spirit. He was actually telling Peter, how much should I pay so that I can also have this gift and I can exercise it. It felt good when he saw Peter and his friend exercising the gifting and he's thinking, huh, if I have this gift, I am sorted. And so he says, how much can I give? And God gives knowledge to Peter that the intent with which this man is asking for the gift is not a good intent. And so Peter tells him what he tells him. He tells him, repent of your wickedness. The intention with which you want this gift is not pure. You want it for your own selfish interest. The gift of word of knowledge or the gift of utterance of knowledge. Now, the next gift that is mentioned for us, those are two so far, the gift of uh, utterance of wisdom and the other is utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. And in verse 9, we see another gift to another faith by the same spirit. Friends, faith is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, the kind of faith talked about here is not this saving faith the one we put in Jesus to have our sins forgiven. It is belief that something is going to happen. It is you have kind of a boost, a supernatural boost of your faith, and you believe with all your heart, down your heart, you know that this is going to pass, this is going to happen. Again, Acts 14, 8 to 10 gives us an example of this. An example of this recipient of faith, I will ask you to read it in your free time. But you believe within your heart that God is going to do this, and because you have, God does that for you. Now, the other gift mentioned in verse 9 is to another gifts of healing by the Spirit of God. Now, healing is a gift. I read of a story where I do not know if we have heard of Pastor Chuck Smith. He, he told a story one day of how he felt he needed to pray for his people. So one day they arranged a service, people came, and it is said that as he was praying, God gave him a word of knowledge and he said, pray for those that are sick, seated in the wheelchair. So he stretched out his hands, prayed for them, and this man months later came back and said god has healed me 
And because he was excited, he said, I think these things are working. He organizes another prayer time like that. And this time, they even make an advert, bring the sick, those that are bedridden, those that are sitting in wheelchairs to receive the healing. They prayed and prayed. But she says, God did not come through like he did the first time. And so his little boy asks him, Daddy, why have you refused to heal these ones? Why is it that the other man was healed? And Pastor Chuck said, I think that time God had given me the grace for the healing. God gives grace for healing at the time he chooses and for whomever he chooses. Praise the Lord. They are people God has gifted with praying for others and they have been healed. Now, a number of gifts are mentioned for us in verse 10. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. And I want to uh, um, talk a little bit about that. Now, the working of miracles, like scripture has told us, is the working of the Holy Spirit. And not working of the vessel that God uses. Many times, because God has come out through with power to probably heal or do a certain miracle, many of us are tempted into thinking, I am going to this person, they are the miracle workers. But we started by reading and we were told that this work is not the work of the vessel that is being used. It is the spirit of God that enables these miracles to come. The other gift of prophecy is not a working of the vessel that God is using. In fact, we have made to believe in this city of Kampala that if God uses, and I'm not saying that every prophet there is in the city is used of the Lord. We think because God uses these people, we run to them to get what they are able to give. Now, prophecy means God can give you, uh, through his grace, the ability to foretell or say something that will happen, or he will give you knowledge of something that happened in the past. Again, it is God that gives you this ability. It does not come from you. But... Scripture warns us about this gifting of prophecy. It tells us that when prophecy is given, do not waste your energy arguing. You know, some of us are too apologetic in a sense that we have put on um, weapons to defend the word of God. And so if someone says, I am giving, God has given me this prophecy, we want to get our sword and go to them and take their neck. We do not need to go that far. Scripture tells us, test the prophecy. When this prophecy comes, is it, in, is it consistent with the word of God? If it is, wait and see if it will come to pass. And then we will say, God gave it, God has fulfilled it. In Acts 11, 27 to 28, we read of an event like this. There was knowledge given about something that would happen in the future. 
it is consistent with Old Testament teaching and it eventually comes to pass. In that particular passage, Luke is, for, is telling us of a famine that had been promised, foretold, and it eventually comes to pass. Friends, we judge prophecy according to the word of God. And we are very prone, especially in this city. And so I want us to know that just because someone stands up and says, I have a word from the Lord, it doesn't mean that that word is indeed from the Lord. Test it with scripture, and if it is consistent, wait and see if that will happen, and then thank God for that. The other gifting mentioned here is the ability to distinguish between spirits or the gift of discernment, like the King James Version renders it. Now in Acts 16, 16 to 17, Paul discerns. In this particular passage, Paul and his friends go about teaching God's word, and there was a small young girl that had been possessed by a certain spirit, and she kept on saying good things about Paul and his friends. She kept saying, this man, these people are from God. God has anointed them, so listen to what they are saying. By the way, what the little girl was saying was true. But the spirit that was using her was not one from God. And so quickly, Paul discerns that it is not the spirit of God at work. Discernment is you being able to tell this is of God, this is not of God. And so when Paul discerned that it was not of God, we are told he rebuked her and prayed for her. She received her healing. But Paul eventually got in trouble with the people that were using this little girl because they were earning money from her. And so it is possible for people among us to masquerade as angels of light when indeed they are darkness themselves. And so we need people that have this gift of discernment and yet this gift is a very good gift from God. Now tongues are different languages. Now, I know there are many of us that are linguistic. You're able to speak Swahili. You're able to speak a number of languages. This is not that gifting. The gifting of tongues talked about are divine, natural tongues that only God is able to understand. Tongues and the person speaking them they are basically having a conversation with God and not with a fellow brother or sister. You cannot probably come to me and, and you start speaking to me in tongues when you're greeting me. Tongues have their place. The Bible tells us that tongues are for personal edification between you and God. But it is possible that when we are gathered like this, someone might be led by God to speak in tongues. But scripture tells us that if this is to happen, there must be someone among us that God has gifted with another gift that is talked about here, the gift of interpretation of tongues, so that the congregation does not miss the message. And usually when that happens, God is saying something to us. So he uses this vessel that is able to speak and another that is able to interpret so that all of us together do not miss what God is saying. 
only God teaches these tongues, and so these schools teaching tongues are doing something that is not biblical. These tongues are for personal edification. They do have their place. God uses them. And it doesn't mean that because you speak in tongues and someone doesn't, you are more saved or you are going to a higher heaven than they are. The Bible has told us all of these gifts are the same. All of them are important. All of them have a place in the kingdom of God. They are a number of gifts. When the gift of tongues is used in the collective gathering, I've already mentioned that, there must be a benefit that God wants to bring to all of us. So friends, as we reflect this month about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, God is inviting us to come before him and ask of him, God, what gifting is it that you have given to me? Teach me how you want me to use it, not for my own self-gratification or display, but that the kingdom, the body of Christ, will benefit out of these giftings that you have blessed me with. Now, there are a number of giftings, and as we go through the month, different people are going to be coming to talk to us about them in detail. And I want to pray that we will open our hearts and that God will speak to us, that God will teach us his word, and that the purpose for which he has asked us to go through them this month will come to pass. I know there are some people among us that are offended by the statement itself, spiritual gifts, but I also know there are some among us that have misused them, and so God wants us through this time to reconcile whatever it is that we know with his word so that he will enable us to discover these gifts and use them for his glory. What gift has God given you? Is it an utterance of wisdom? Is it a word of knowledge? Is it faith? Is it a gift of healing? Is it the working of miracles? Is it prophecy? Is it the spirit of discernment? Are they tongues? God desires that all of these are used for his glory. But you cannot function in them if you do not know what gift you have. And so I pray that you will journey with me through this series and that God will help us discover what gifts he has given us. May God bless you. May God help us. Let's pray together. Lord, in the midst of all that I have said, it is possible that many of us are beginning to discover where we are and where you want us to go. And so, Lord, I open myself to your leading as I do pray for these, my brothers and sisters, that you will help us understand, first of all, that these are gifts and gifts are given by the giver at their own peril. Help us understand these are gifts. And many times the gifts we receive are not those that are deserved. And so will you help us understand that you give these gifts to us as you will. Help us also understand, Lord, that there are a variety of gifts and that each one of us is gifted differently Help us, King of glory, use these gifts for your glory. Forgive us for the many times we have thought because we 
think the gifting we have is special, we are more saved, or we are more superior, and we have looked down on others. Forgive us, Lord. Help us understand that you give this gift to us to ensure that we are strengthened in our walk with you and to ensure that we use them for the benefit of the body of Christ. As we go home to think through this message, will you be exalted in our lives? Will you open this word to us yourself? We give you praise. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. May God bless you.